Good morning. Thanks for joining today. And uh, I'm going to read a passage uh, from the Psalms this morning to start us off. This comes out of uh, Psalm 88, which is written by uh, one of the sons of Korah. Uh, they were worshipers uh, and, and uh, responsible for the ark and things like this. And so I just want to read the first verse and, and just kind of spring from this on a topic this morning. This is from Psalm 88, verses 1 and 2. O Lord God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. Um, I thought about this passage and some others like it uh, after a discussion we had last night uh, at our midweek study. We don't record our midweek studies, <clears throat> but instead we... Um, uh, it's just there's no mics or anything like that. And so it just makes it maybe a little freer for people to engage and interact in that. And so, um, but we got onto a subject as we're going through the book of Colossians. And um, Paul, in, in the early verses of the chapter, of the first chapter of that letter, uh, is praying for the Colossian believers, whom he arguably may not have met. And uh, some debate as to whether he ever went to that church, or at least prior to the writing of that letter. Um, uh, and if not, he probably didn't because this is one of his prison epistles. But he wrote um, to the Colossians and he was praying for them that they would have the, that they would be given the, the uh, fullness, uh, be filled with the knowledge of God's will and, and, and these things. Bold, bold prayer. And I encourage you to read it in, in Colossians chapter 1. Similar in some ways to his prayer to the Philipp for the Philippians that they would grow in all knowledge and discernment. Uh, and such, and be able to discern what's right and, uh, and such. So, um, but we got on the subject of prayer, and we started talking about it. It wasn't really expected, but um, we got onto the subject and had some really good discussion about it. Some people shared examples where um, God had kind of answered prayer in their lives and, and had even led them in some specific ways. And so I thought, you know, it probably, that's a discussion that might be worth kind of capturing a little bit. And so I thought I would spend our time this morning talking about prayer um, in, in, you know, in, in some of the facets of it and based on our conversation last night. So for those of you who were at our midweek last night, this will be something of a reminder of that. But for those uh, who weren't, this is kind of a window into our discussion a little bit. So, um, you know, and, and we stopped and talked about it because if we're being honest, prayer can be a real struggle for some people. Actually, not for some. Prayer can be a struggle for a lot of people. And probably at some time or another, it might be a struggle for most of us. Uh, there may be times where we feel really ineffective or, again, if we're being honest, we may just feel like not really into it uh, for any number of reasons. You know, we may just be in a, a downtime where we, we feel like we're going through circumstances that God seems like he forgot about us or something like that, and it becomes difficult to pray. Maybe we're even bitter about our circumstances. Um, we may feel like we're not articulate enough to talk to God or something like this. We may uh, just struggle with the idea of maybe we were a little embarrassed to speak out loud or we're afraid, maybe not even embarrassed, but just speaking out loud in a prayer meeting or something like that uh, may be a struggle for us. Um, there could be any number of reasons why it can be kind of a, a challenge for us or maybe something that we even just avoid. On the other hand, it may just be something that we don't feel is that important. Uh, something that we, um, you know, we love to maybe study the theology. We love to get into the big discussions about the big topics and everything. I love those things. But prayer is just sort of like the other thing, you know, something that, you know, we do and whatever, but it's not like as important as the meaty things like getting into the, the theology and such. Well, let me, let me suggest a different way of approaching that or thinking about prayer. Prayer is... Uh, Prayer shouldn't be seen as a responsibility as much as it should be seen as a privilege, as an opportunity, as a gift. Um, 
you know, when we talk about prayer, we can certainly see it as something that's fundamental to the um, to the growth of the church, both individually and corporately. Uh, in Acts chapter two forty two, right, this passage where um, we see the or the church having just now been conceived and and uh, the Holy Spirit has come upon them and they we see a few thousand people come to faith, just the men, but likely many more. But 3,000, uh, you know, we're at it, or, or maybe it says 3,000 souls in that particular passage. But the church exploded on day one. And then all of a sudden we have this little insight into the early practice of the church, the earliest uh, example of what the church did. They, they gathered daily from house to house. And what did they do? Well, they got into doctrine or the apostles' teaching. Uh, they were in fellowship together. They broke bread, which means they either, speaking of having meals together or possibly remembering the Lord's Supper, uh, probably both, really. And then lastly, it says, and prayer. Now, just because it's last in that list doesn't mean it's the least important thing. It just rounds out the four things that the early church did regularly, daily even. And prayer was among those things. And so prayer is something that uh, was was part of the early church's earliest practices, and they gathered regularly for it because it was important. What is prayer? Well, prayer is talking to God. It's letting God know what's on our hearts. It is letting is worshiping Him. Um, uh, there is. Uh, uh, I think there's an acronym that's been used, ACTS. Actually, we'll be in the book of Acts on a couple of passages, but uh, if I remember correctly, um, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Uh, sometimes people break down prayer into those kinds of categories and then go about it that way. But, but prayer is this idea of coming before God, humbling ourselves before Him, worshiping, talking to Him, uh, and, 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 and praying about those things and uh, letting him know those things that are on our hearts. Now, of course, he knows all the things that are on our hearts long before we ever offer them up to him. But nonetheless, he invites us to come and to share those things, much like a father would with a child. As a matter of fact, when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, uh, both his immediate disciples, when they ask him, uh, Lord, teach us to pray, and, and he begins to uh, explain some things to him. Both uh, we, we see this in, the, in, in uh, the Sermon on the Mount. We see this at various other times where he teaches insights on prayer. For example, in the Sermon on the Mount, we see where he says, you know, pray in this manner. In other words, pray something like this. Now, he's not giving a mandate for exactly how you're to say the words. Uh, he, as a matter of fact, he even says, don't just ramble words like the pagans do and such, but rather pray like this. And it's a very intimate kind of a prayer. It's a very practical and spiritual kind of a prayer. Uh, he says, you know, our, and he starts it with, our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he goes on, our Father in heaven. That word Father, as some of you likely know, is a very intimate kind of a word. It's the kind of word that a child would use speaking to his daddy. It's a very personal, cozy kind of a word, if you will, without sounding too careless about it. It's a very soft kind of a word. It's an inviting, relational kind of a term. Uh, and, uh, and, and what's interesting about it is, is that when he says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, or blessed or holy be, you know, let your name be exalted and hallowed. Um, this idea of this intimate relationship with God like a father while still in the recognition that he is in fact high and lofty and worthy of worship and praise. These two ideas uh, are couched together in a very comfortable kind of a way. Um, as a matter of fact, in the book of Hebrews, where it says that we can come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy in our time of need. Boldly before God's throne? I mean, if you think about that, that's a pretty 
pretty amazing thing. Uh, when the veil of the temple is rent from top to bottom, significantly not bottom to top. Man had nothing to do with this, but God just sort of opened the way. And that veil led to the Holy of Holies, that place that is the holiest place of all on earth uh, in terms of the temple and, and, and God's having uh, set that place aside as sacred. We're invited. It's very, uh, it's, it's a truly staggering thing. And then on top of that, to consider God as father, like a daddy kind of a relationship, which speaks of our need for him as children, reaching up, you know, a matter of fact, worship is like that, right? We're reaching up, as it were, up to heaven. And so there is this sense of our need, our insufficiency, our needing dad to come and our father to show up in those things like only he can. And God, not being just the, 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 the fire and the lightning and the, or the clouds and lightning and storm on the mountaintop, but the one who ultimately invites us to come and sit at his feet, as it were. So there is this beautiful recognition of who God is in all of his grandeur. But there's also this wonderful invitation to come as children to a loving father. That's what prayer is. And that's why I say it's a gift. It's not just, uh, it's not just a responsibility to get on our faces before God and cry out to him. There is a level of responsibility in that. We should feel a need to seek him out for the things that are going on, whether it's in our own lives or in the world around us. Certainly the times we live in are troubled and we should be praying about these things. But it's so much more than a should. It's so much more than an ought to. It's more of a, I can do this. This is something that's been given to me to, to, to embrace, to enjoy, to participate in. Uh, it's a relationship I've been called to, to go deeper into. And so prayer is a beautiful gift. It's a beautiful thing for us to, uh, to, to, to practice and experience and, and make as a regular part of our habit. As a matter of fact, the passage in, in Colossians chapter 1, Paul says, having heard about their faith and how they're growing in the knowledge of grace, uh, he says, we have not ceased to pray for you. In other words, we pray all the time for you. Whenever we pray for you, we pray these things. And he goes on to explain more about what he's praying for. But the idea of praying ceaselessly doesn't mean, obviously, that we walk around all day with our eyes closed or, God forbid, we're driving by faith and not by sight, right? But we open our eyes when we pray sometimes, too. As a matter of fact, prayer in, 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 in the Jewish culture and customs back then, uh, sometimes they would. They'd lift their eyes to heaven and raise their hands toward the heavens, and they would call out to God in that. And they were very expressive and, and outward expressive in their praying in that. Um, and so the idea of praying doesn't necessarily have to mean your eyes are closed. But we pray regularly. It's a regular part of our life, kind of like breathing in a way. You know, there's this sort of ongoing sort of interaction with the Lord where during the course of a day, you know, something comes to mind, we, we bring that before the Lord. Some prayers are not long prayers. Some prayers are short prayers. Peter, when he was walking on the water and began to sink, Lord, save me. Well, there's not a whole lot of lofty language. There's not a whole lot of, there's just need. And, and there was Jesus to, to ultimately answer that. Nehemiah. You know, before he goes off and, and, uh, and ultimately helps to rebuild Jerusalem in that. Um, his, his, his face is crestfallen. He's, he's, a, he's saddened and he's in the presence of the king, which you should never be sad in the presence of the king. But the king notices it. Jer uh, Nehemiah has gotten word about uh, the condition of Jerusalem and it saddens his heart. Well, and he very quickly prays to God, it says. And then he tells the king what's going on and the king lets him go. God answers that prayer. And so it's not that it's long prayers necessarily, but sometimes there, and, and I, would, I would say that we would do well to take time on a regular basis that we set aside just for this time to interact with the Lord. 
to pray, to come before him and just open our hearts to him without distraction, without hindrance. Uh, we turn our phones off. We maybe go to our room or, you know, the, we've heard the term the prayer closet. If you've ever uh, seen the movie, um, which the name escapes me right now, but uh, all about the woman who teaches the other woman to pray. And she literally has a closet with lined with prayer requests and, 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 and answers to prayer uh, posted on the wall and everything. And, um, uh, and, and, and so, you know, whatever that space is for you, whatever that situation or time of day is for you, uh, I think early is a good time, but whatever that time is for you, set some time aside regularly, daily if at all possible, to just spend time with the Lord. Now, of course, when we think about doing that, that becomes the hard part. Well, how do I do that? What do I do, you know? Well, let me just suggest to you that there's no right way to do that or, or wrong way necessarily per se. I mean, I suppose there probably is, but the point is not that, that, that I give you some set of instructions on how to do it because the way I might pray might be different than the way someone else does. It might be different than the way you do. But the point is to pray, to get alone, and just by way of some you know, starting point, um, make it a point to jot down things as you go through the day that are important that you want to make sure you lift up to God and in those moments lift them up but then when you're alone just spend time thinking more about those circumstances and those people who are enduring them uh, or things that are coming up in your own life that you know you're going to need grace for or strength or courage or something like this and spend time and just tell God about it just talk to him about it uh, sometimes we can become victims of the idea that if we don't pray lofty, beautiful sounding kinds of prayers, that we're not really praying or that it, it's not good enough. That's really not the point. Um, the point is simply to talk. As a matter of fact, if, uh, and this is an example we used last night, um, uh, if, you know, if you and I had a conversation about something and we got to talking about it and, we, and after we finished, we parted ways, it probably would never occur to you or I to think of the other person and say, wow, that person really knows how to have a conversation. No, we would just think about the things that we talked about. There's always this, this natural give, you know, taking for granted that, that we all have our quirks, we all have our ways of saying things. Maybe sometimes we're just thinking out loud while we're talking about stuff, and so what we're saying may not sound like it makes sense right then or something. You know, that kind of a thing. Well, when we're talking to God, we don't have to really worry about pretense. We don't have to start with... Um, lofty language if that's not something that we're comfortable with because if we're if not if that's not natural for us sometimes we're being pretentious sometimes we're we're trying to somehow win God's ear for a moment for a moment we ought to worship we ought to recognize whose presence we're entering into in this moment and in that kind of significant way but that doesn't mean that we have to be something we're not God I just, I'm coming before you right now because I have something really going on in my life that is just absolutely overwhelming me. But you're high and lofty. You're awesome in so many ways. And you're just amazing, God. And I, I'm beyond myself. And I, I, only, I, I don't have any way to deal with this. I don't know what to do. Can you please help me with this? Well, there's nothing lofty about those words. You know, there's nothing churchy or religious about it. It's just, God, you already know what I'm going to ask. But I'm asking. That's an important thing to remember. God already knew about your circumstances or whatever you were going to lift up long before the world was ever created. So that it's not like you're, you know, you have to ramp up to it to let him know. Just, but acknowledge him for who he is and come before him humbly for who you are. You know, that's one of the great things about humility is humility is recognizing who God is and recognizing who you are in light of that. Like, you know, he's all the way 
you know, and in your, you know, so we recognize that. And in doing so, we recognize our need for him. And when we pray too, it's, it's good to pray with, you know, and this, this comes in time as you get used to praying, praying with fervency and intensity. And Jesus taught this as well. The idea of praying, um, matter of fact, he would say, when you, you know, when ask, and it'll be give, and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. Well, the verbs in those couplets there, those 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 sentences, those phrases, uh, is, is speaks of an intensity. It's not just a hey, just ask and just move on. Don't worry about it. Like in some nihilistic way where you don't really think it matters because God's going to do what God's going to do. We ought not take that mindset. But Jesus encouraged us to pray with intensity. Ask, please ask, is what's implied there. Continue to ask, knock, please ask, please knock, and such. And so there's this 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 desire to keep pressing through. Sometimes we call that praying through and stuff like that. But the point is not to be casual about it. If something is really important, don't treat it as if it's not. Give it to God and and ask and beg and plead and that kind of a thing. Um, having said that now, part of prayer and the humility that goes into prayer is acknowledging that God is God, right? On the one hand, John in 1 John 5, uh, 5.14 says that this is the confidence that we have, that if we ask anything according to his will, we have those things we ask for. Well, that's a pretty gigantic thing, isn't it? I can ask for anything and I have it? Well, there's a caveat there, right? If I ask anything according to his will, I have that which I ask, okay? And we can, whatever that request is, if it lines up with the will of God, <clears throat> then we know we have it. Now, what that means is that when we're praying, there's a recognition that God is God. And I, it's not so much that I want my will done in heaven as much as I want his will done on earth. Uh, the question obviously comes up, can we change God's mind? Wow, no. I mean, in a way, no. It's kind of an odd thing. God already knows. He's sovereign over all things, right? God's going to do what God's going to do. And maybe it's easier to think of it this way. Prayer changes us. It doesn't change God, because after all, how can it? To change God would either mean that God didn't know something or hadn't thought something through, or we could have him do something that is less than what his sovereign will is, somehow different. Well, I don't know if we change God in that way, and maybe it's best to think of it like, wow, imagine if I could change the, the mind of God. What kind of havoc would be wrecked if I could? There are examples where in pleading to God for one thing or another, God answers prayer, or he does things that seemingly would be different than he planned. Um, but remember, prayer is not changing the will of God. God is, we're praying that God would answer those prayers that we're praying in the sense that we want his will to be done, right? One of the greatest prayers of all time, um, you know, arguably the greatest prayer of all time. It's hard to say it's the greatest because he prayed a number of prayers, so which one's the greatest? But arguably one of the greatest prayers ever prayed was Jesus' prayer in the garden where he sought his father's, you know, he was praying to his father and he said, you know, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Well, right in, in, in the heart of that is what prayer is all about. Lord, this is what, I, and of course, I'm not gonna bring Jesus down to my level, but in a, in a circumstance of, of, of similar kind of praying, 
my recognition has to be that, Lord, this is what I think needs to be done. This is the way I see it, and I'm, I'm asking that you would do this. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done, because I recognize that God's will is perfect. God's will sees the end from the beginning, is, 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 is something that he is working out. And for me to change that is to, if I had the ability to change it, I would short circuit it. So I acknowledge who he is. So we need to remember when it comes to prayer, it's about enlisting in that which God wants to do. It's about bearing our hearts to him and allowing him to comfort us in everything, but recognizing that he is the Lord, he's our father, we're the child, we're, the, uh, we're his servants, we're his, his, his people. And so prayer, uh, prayer is a deep and intimate and wonderfully beautiful opportunity for us, both to bring our request to the Lord, but also to acknowledge his grandness, his loftiness, and to acknowledge that, that we are so in need of him and that we rely on him for our substance, for our understanding, for our direction in life. In another time, we'll talk, I was originally thinking about talking about understanding the will of God, you know, because that's easy. I was going to fit it into this discussion. Obviously, it's not so easy, so we'll talk about it another time. But in just wrapping up this, uh, these thoughts on prayer, um, prayer is that beautiful opportunity that we have literally anytime and anywhere. We, ought, we, we would do well. I was going to say we ought to do this. We ought to do this. But we also ought to not see it as just a responsibility, as I said before, but as a precious gift of being able to communicate with your Father in heaven. He always has an ear for us. Um, you know, going back to the passage we started at, O Lord God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. That speaks of a, of, of a need and an intensity and a desire to, to hear from God. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. Well, the author of that understood that that is what God does. He hears us. He chooses to engage in our lives. Jesus would speak of this often. You know, he has the hairs on your heads and already knows what you need before you ask. If he clothes the grass of the field, if he takes care of the birds of the air, will he not take care of you? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be given to you. All these things that you need will be taken care of, but you seek him first and his kingdom. Again, what he wants to do is the ultimate good, and we should want that. And when we pray, that should find its place in our prayer life. But let me encourage you to pray. You know, if it's a difficult thing for you, if it's hard for you to engage in prayer, just start by doing. Don't think about it and theorize about it. Just take some time today. If you've watched this and you're thinking, well, that's kind of me, I struggle, then, you know, take some time away for a few minutes. If you're a parent, uh, let the kids watch, you know, play on their computer for a few extra minutes so you can get away for a minute. If you're a kid, if you're a young person, something like that, whatever you're doing, you're gaming, you're doing whatever you're doing, take 10 minutes, five minutes today and start the habit. They say it takes 26 to 30 times to make a habit. So that means every day, take five or 10 minutes and just get alone with the Lord. And just talk to him about what's going on in your life. And you'd be amazed how quickly that becomes a normal part of your life. It's something that you just do. It's like breathing. I'll end with a story I shared last night and I should have thought between then and now to look it up and see if I could find the name attached to it. But, um, but the story was told about um, uh, an older gentleman who, uh, um, by the way, that was not a kid or a dog. I was swatting away as a fly in here. But um, there was an older gentleman who was, I think, on a teaching circuit or something like that. And, but he was staying at a family's home for a period of time while he was teaching in a town or while he was doing his ministry. And uh, every morning he'd get up at like four or five or something like that or six, whatever. It was early. And... Um, 
and he'd get up and he'd and he'd he'd go to this room to go pray. Well, you know, every morning the the, the husband or the wife, you know, would see him get up and, and and they'd say, "Oh, do you want me to make you some breakfast?" And he would this little guy he would just he'd say, "No, I have an audience with the king," and he would go pray for however long he'd pray. You know, the point is, sure, he'll go have breakfast later. He'll do all the stuff that he needs to do during the course of a day. But right now, he has an audience with the king. What a beautiful thing. And what a beautiful sense of comfort in, in drawing close to the Lord for prayer. And uh, I, I always remember that. And it kind of, uh, it moves me when I think of that. Because you and I also have an audience with the king. We shouldn't let that opportunity drift away. But rather, we should embrace it wholeheartedly and enter in. So God bless you. Let me pray us out here and uh, encourage you to take your time today and every day to spend with the Lord and during the course of your day, just be in constant contact with him, letting him know what's going on and those things that are on your mind. Let it become for you like breathing. Father, we desire to make it a habit to enter into your presence. Father, help us to see prayer as the beautiful gift that it is and to engage with you in it. That, Father, we would worship you and bless you in those moments where we can be in, in, in just these quiet times with you. That we would worship and adore you. That we'd remember the things that you've done both throughout history and also personally in our lives. And that we would worship you in response to this and just simply thank you for what you do. And help us to be in the habit of talking to you, to letting you know what's happening, to letting you know what's troubling us or what, what, what you, what, again, in response to you blessing us, the things we're thankful for. Help us to remember those around us and maybe to even be thoughtful, a little more thoughtful about those around us that we might uh, ultimately uh, keep them in our hearts in prayer as we go through our times in prayer. But whatever time of day that takes place, whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, help us to not neglect the beautiful opportunity to come to you with these things, knowing them all as you do, but nonetheless to enjoy that time in your presence in that way. And Father, we uh, do just pray that when we pray, we would always keep at the heart of it a desire to see your will be done here on earth, even as it is in heaven. So we ask, we knock, we seek, and we trust you. And Father, we thank you for this. Help us to pray and teach us to pray. In Jesus' name, amen.